Music and art are an expression of an artist's perspective on life. They shape our own perceptions of reality and help us develop an appreciation for the world around us. Connect with creatives of every nature to understand and deepen your connection to their work on the Evoked Podcast. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Evoked Podcast. Today I'm joined by Teal One, artist, street artist, graffiti artist, just all around artist. Yes. Thank you for being your brother. Thank you. Man, Thank you for having me. Man, what a pleasure and uh, what a treat, our conversation leading up to this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's the one thing I love about doing this is, is the amazing people that I get to meet, but sometimes these unexpected conversations that took up an entire hour, over an hour, yeah, right, yeah. prior to jumping on. So, um, but yeah, start by telling where you're from and how you got into the world of art, brother. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm from Chicago originally, born and raised, um, born on, on the north side uh, in Edgewater. Uh, we lived there until I was like, what, 16, 17 years old, I think. Um, I got into art. I mean, I've been in, I've been doing art all my life. Like, you know, I would sit down with my mother and on, on the table and we would color with crayons and she would like school me on how to use them. Oh, know? no way. Yeah, yeah. Like she'd the like, legit way. Yeah, she'd like, don't press so hard, you know, do it softer and then do the outline around the inside, you know, drawing and all that stuff. So it was, it was always a thing that I was attracted to art. Um, but then I got into the graffiti art after she died, you know. So gotcha, gotcha. That was kind of my, like, uh, my street therapy. It was part, part of your, what you were talking about earlier, like a little bit of a rebellion, right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was my way of to, like, you know, since I was pissed off at the world, I kind of wanted to, like, do something with it. So Absolutely. Um, instead of going into the gang world, which was easy for me to do because of my uncles and all that, I went ahead and I did the rebellious part of it instead. You know, I was like, okay, I'm going to go do this thing that... No one else in my family, I thought at that time, had ever done before. Um, growing up later, I found out different. But oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like I have like a shitload of artists, and <laughs> there's like <laughs> graffiti artists, all little cousins, and all this stuff. I'm like, oh, you used to do graffiti too? Yeah, it was such and such crew. Oh no! Like I, wow. My life would have been so much easier if I knew that they were, you know, into that. But yeah, so so uh, just because I think it's such a even growing up in Chicago myself that. Um, I was not privy to this world of graffiti art and, you know, even tunnel running, right? Things yeah. like that, that, you know, I would love to just kind of fast forward a little bit and then bring it back where today you're this mural uh, muralist, but also a toy designer. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many things that you're doing on top of the fact that professionally you're an accountant, right? Yes. So for, for like, like I said, take us a little bit to the forward or to the present where what are you doing now and how has that become professional art for you? Um, well, right now, what I do is more of like, um, uh, jokingly, I call myself a corporate whore. Uh, <laughs> I work with uh, a lot of corporations. Well, they'll hire me to do murals for them. Um, so they'll bring me in and they say, hey, I need you to do this, this three-story building for me. Uh, do a mural around this product that we do. So we'll do that. Or they'll hire us to do some street art or whatever it is that they want us to do. That's you know what I get paid to do as far as like a muralist. Um, the toy design thing, I got into it as, as well, you know, with the with the graffiti art. Um, there's this artist that I really look up to. His name is Sucklord. Um, he kind of started this whole, like, uh, toy remix um, culture. So he would take these, like, kind of like the kid from Toy Story. You know how he grabs all the toys and he, like, makes these weird-looking uh, toys? Mm-hmm. That's kind of what he did. Um, Interesting. So I would look, look up to him and say, well, this is kind of dope, you know, what he was doing. So I tried it out and, and I found that it was like easy for me. You know, it was like kind of cool. So I was like, oh, and, you know, I got into the culture and 
I started getting recognized for that as well. So um, that's how I got into that, you know. And then this other famous artist named Mark Bodie, uh, me and him became friends, which his dad is a super famous artist that started a comic book uh, called Von, um, the dad's name was Von Bodie, but uh, it was Cheech Wizard. Mm. And he sent me my first toy to remix. Wow. For a real show. Wow. So he took it all over the world, you know, my toy and all this stuff. And I was just like, wow. And that kind of like pushed me even more into the toy world, you know? Interesting. Yeah. So that's where that whole like professional art thing started for me. It was kind of like wanting to get paid for the skills that I learned over all the years. Interesting, man. And and on top of that, I mean, one of the things that you, I think was awesome is that you're leasing art to these restaurants in Wisconsin too, right? Yeah, yeah. Tell me about that a little bit. That kind of fell into our lap. Uh, it was just an idea. Um, we were uh, we were trying to sell the restaurant the art, you know, and, uh, you know, my paintings are worth, you know, thousands. So I was just like, well, you know, this one's five, that one's 10. And the owner of the restaurant was just kind of like, no, you know, I, I can't buy them. And, and, I, and, you know, and then, you know, me being the salesman that I am, because if, you know, the more you get to know me, I'm just like, I could literally see a piece of dust on the floor and be like, yeah, we could bottle that and sell it, you know? <laughs> so it was just like, well, how about I rent them to you? And he was like, mm, I don't know. And I was like, you know, lease, you know, rent. And he was like, oh, leasing, you know, he kind of, that was a, they, their language. Their, right, right. You know, so it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, I like that idea. So we told him a price, sure. and then uh, he was picking through the paintings because he went to art school. Again, I'm doing air quotes, whoever can't see me. And uh, he was an art major or something in college, and now he owns all these restaurants. He's not even an artist. And uh, he started nitpicking at the paintings, and one of the paintings uh, was this like screaming guy that my brother drew painted it was an oil painting it's a beautiful painting but i guess it was too um you know they say that art is supposed to like evoke emotion so this painting when you look at it you see that like the pain that the guy is going through and he didn't like it mm. and it made me like super mad like we earlier we're talking about how the anger and all that stuff so that's what we're here to work yeah out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so the anger was just like there you know and i was just like enraged so i was like I talked to my partner in Madison, you know, he, he owned one of my, he, he used to own one of my stores up there, but he sold it to another uh, lady that has it now that we're still partners. And uh, he goes, uh, I told my partner, I was like, hey, you know what? Um, I'm going to teach this guy a lesson. I'm going to teach him that he doesn't know what art is. So I literally just threw paint and I just wrote all over this old piece of canvas. Like it was literally on the floor in the garage. Like it was like tire marks all over it. It was like dirty. I just threw tags on there and just did a big uh, happy food, like with big uh, letters in the top. And then I drew a wimpy with a cheeseburger. And uh, I rolled it up and I threw it in a tube and I sent it to my boy. And I was like, hey, show this to this jerk, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> the guy sees the painting and he flips out. This is the best thing I've seen in years. And I was like, what the hell? And my partner was like, dude, I think you got something. You know, and at that time, I was more of an abstract painter, and I did graffiti art, but I had never found a style that would say was mine. Mm. So at that moment, I was just like, oh. And then it, like, you know that moment in your life where, like, you have an epiphany and, like, you feel like you got hit in the head with, like, time just warped? And uh, that's what I had. You know, I was just like, damn, I just have this. And, you know, I was like, okay. And all of a sudden, these words just came out of my head, you know. Um, 
because I'm really into Instagram and all that stuff. And I was like, um, I'm going to call this sarcastic pop art, you know? So I just threw a hashtag in front of that and it's hashtag sarcastic pop art. And uh, everybody that I tell it to is like, oh, that's genius. They love it. You know, and I'll this, so I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to just keep running with this because it's giving the people that feeling of either, you know, their childhood or whatever they're feeling, but they love it, you know, and yeah, they just yeah. keep getting into it. So that's kind of where that whole, yeah, at least the paintings. And then I have also a non de plume that I use, which is actually my legal name to do the, uh, the abstract paintings that I also rent out to a five-star restaurant in Madison as well. But That's they don't even awesome. know that they there's two different people. But wow. they think it's two different people. It's actually me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, wow, man, they might know that after this podcast. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But that's amazing. And, 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 and just to kind of go off that, because you've also got into NFT art, right? Yes. Tell me about that a little bit. Uh, the NFT thing was kind of, um, uh, it was just like the next evolution of what we've been doing all these years because... As artists, a lot of us to mock up our murals, we use Photoshop. It's just something oh. that we, you know, we're all, of, I mean, I don't know any artist that doesn't know how to fo- use Photoshop. Like if you're an artist and you've done murals or any kind of art, you kind of trying to use Photoshop for something. So um, when this digital collectible started coming out and then they named it an NFT, it was just kind of like hmm. easy for me to fall right into. It was like, wait, what do you mean my stuff that I do digitally can be sold? And then just another revenue stream. Yeah, right? yeah. And then I found out that a lot of people don't actually understand. I, I could probably do a whole podcast about the NFT, but like yeah, what, yeah. what people don't understand about NFTs is that it gives the power back to the creator. Yeah. So, for example, musicians now are getting revenue forever from that NFT music that they put out, or like an artist like myself will get an NFT uh, resale revenue for eternity, and then I could leave it to my kids. Forever, like it's always. As long as it keeps getting sold, you keep getting money. Um, I could go into the reasoning and all that stuff, you know, if you need me to. But like, we could talk about that later. Nah, more, more about you. (laughs) (laughs) Getting to know you because this is. I mean, that's the thing is the the inspiration behind it. When it becomes monetized in that way, I think people then start chasing that, right? Right. And then, and like to to your point of giving someone some art, they're like, I'm I'm doing it sarcastically, right? But then it hits. Is that I feel like what I'm what I'm really hearing is this expression of the individual, right? Of the artist. Where for you through this journey have you found that voice going kind of going back right to where you started off with graffiti art you're, you're an accountant by trade but but here you are this obviously very very intelligent but um, more so the the depth of your thoughts right that as I'm getting to know you as a person there's a conversation that I can't have with most people right, right. because of the depth of it but then it's expressed in this way that's art mm-hmm. and now you're communicating that whether knowingly or unknowingly, right, or intentionally or unintentionally, that's part of who you are. Right. How did you develop that artist and, 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 or that art form that makes you the artist you are today? Well, the, the f- first and foremost, the, the way I think is bec- uh, it's kind of a mixture of going to Catholic school most of my life and then questioning everything that was taught to me, but also because uh, my family, like a lot of them, um, I could trace my, and I have a book that one day I'll show you, um, I could trace my family back to uh, the 1400s. Oh, wow. Yeah. And we have the family tree, and it shows everyone that was wow. born since then, birth certificates, like a whole thing, right? Um, That's rare to have. Yeah. I mean, especially and in the Latino community. Exactly. But because of my family being um, 
Masons and, and Rosa Cruces and all that stuff, we, we were able to keep the track of that information because, you know, that's part of their thing, right? The right, information right. gathering. So I was raised in that uh, free mind environment, you know, like question everything. Uh, there's nothing wrong with questioning. Actually, it's a sign of intelligence or it, smart people it, that you question everything. Exactly. And that would get me into a lot of trouble of because course. it would be like, We'd be in religion class and they'd be teaching about Adam and Eve, and I'd be like, "But where are the dinosaurs?" You know, right? <laughs> and I'd get sent down to the principal, you know. So, uh, and then they'd call my dad in, and he would ask, "Yeah, but where are the dinosaurs?" Yeah, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, we see where he gets it from," you know. So it was kind of one of those things. Like, it wasn't a sign of rebellion for us. It was more of a uh, seek knowledge. Yeah, seek truth, right? Exactly. So that, in turn, has given me my way of thinking as an artist as well. Like I'm, I'm able to uh, question everything and say, why is that? Or let me poke fun at this, because again, I'm sarcastic pop art guy, right? So I wanna like poke fun at whatever it is that I'm talking about and see if I'm able to evoke a conversation or anger or some kind of feeling from someone. Uh, that's kind of where I get my, uh, like my dad was always pushing me to, to keep questioning, you know? So it's Interesting. Like, That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Though. If the cop stops you, ask him why. You know what I mean? It's like, we're taught not to ask why. And my dad was like, no, you ask why, because you need to know when you go to court, if the cop pulled you over for an illegal. Right, right, right. Or was the cop being a jerk, you know, so that the judge can throw it out. You know what I mean? So 100%. it was always a question everything. So it was, that's why I'm the way I am. It's, it's always been looked at as being rebellious. But I mean, isn't that what art typically is, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's rebellious in yeah. some way. Yeah. I mean, even look at Da Vinci and all those things that you know he went through. And yes. It's, it's I don't want to say history repeats itself because it doesn't have to, right? right? But I think when you identify as a particular thing, and in this case, an artist for yourself, is that you're going to go through some of those things that other artists have been through. That's part of identifying as an artist, right? Absolutely. How would you for for others describe, um, I guess, your art in terms of what you're trying to accomplish with it beyond just you know, evoking emotion, right? Which is the name of the podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm just trying to, you know, have uh, people ha uh, have fun with it. Like they, they, I want them to see, because a lot of what I do with my art, the, the sarcastic pop art is like, I take the mascots that people use in their, in their logos. Like for example, uh, the, the, the green giant, right? He's, it, it, that series is called sellout. Um, that's also poking fun of myself and my generation because as a hip hopper, you didn't sell out, right? So um, the Green Giant sold out. He's selling his people. He's a vegetable. Right, right, right. You know what that's I mean? Hilarious. So I'm yeah. like, I, I, see, I have Green Giant Jr. He's all tatted <laughs> up, you know, and he's like carrying a, a, a broccoli in his book bag and the broccoli's like waving his hands, you know, and he's like, he's all happy to be eaten, but it's because the broccoli doesn't know any better. You know, and everybody focuses on the actual main character, but my main characters are the mascots of the ma of the mascot. Right, so, right, like, right. the broccoli is actually the main part of the painting. Interesting. Everybody sees everything else. They don't see the broccoli, you know, and it's like I always tell them, like, no, the broccoli is the important guy. He's the one that's being taken advantage of. The, the Green Giant and Green Giant Jr. are the sellouts. They're the ones selling the broccoli, you know. So I was like, it's kind of like my way of, like, protecting the people, I guess, or, or, or like for the underdog. Because yeah, like, yeah, I always yeah. feel like I'm the, an underdog, regardless of I could be at the top of the world and I still feel like I'm an underdog because if I see someone being taken advantage of, I have to kind of 
stick my hand in there, you know? And it, 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 it's always getting slapped out of the way. And my brother's always telling me, like, dude, why are you always fighting for these people that don't want you to help them? So it's just like, I don't know. It's just in, in me, you know? Like, I can't see someone being abused. Like, And it's happened to me every time. Like, I, every time I stick up for somebody, I end up getting my ass beat or something happens to me bad, you know? And it's like... Should I walk away and let that person be beat up in front of me? You know, I just can't do it. You uh, know, and and I end up hating myself for doing it. But I, it's something in me. It's just like, if I see a dog being beat up or something, it's like I get in there yeah. and I take the dog. You know, and then the dog bites me, and it's like, damn, I shouldn't have helped that damn dog. You know, but it's like, I couldn't stop myself. You know, so again, going back to my paintings, this the underdog is when I'm always like, there's another one that I have called um, Sugar Pimp, which is. Uh, <laughs> The Kool-Aid guy. Yeah, yeah. So he's... Sugar. Yeah. So he at the top, it says sellout. And and there's a little poster on the side of the wall that nobody pays attention to, but it's one of the sugar cubes, and it says missing. So it's a missing poster for the sugar, right? Because it, it dissolved in the Kool-Aid, <laughs> and he's actually standing there all happy. And the the sugar actually appears in one of the letters, and he's holding a sign that says uh, sellout. Wow, you know, so it's it's all those little hidden messages that I throw in there that um, I try to like get people to look at and be like, "What the hell?" you know, but I guess it's it goes over people's heads sometimes, and I have to like explain it to them. And a lot of people tell me it's like you shouldn't explain anything. You should let them try to figure it out, you know, but it's like they don't get it, you know, so I gotta tell them like, look, that's the underdog. Pay attention to that. do you, you know? do you feel like people? get it at that point or, or, oh, or once they still, get it yeah they just it. look at my paintings at a whole nother view and they're just like dude your shits are dope and i'm like yeah you know it's like you finally get it thanks you know but it's like i have to explain it the first time and then they just like see it all after that and i mean that's kind of like we were talking about with those uh those like uh, illusion type yes you know things that you you can't just see it right away right. So, but you gotta like train your eye to see it yep. right and someone yep. has to teach you that yep so what, what, in terms of the vision for what you're trying to create, both as an artist, but, you know, a part of a community and, and just an expression of who you are and uh, bringing that awareness to people, right? Not only of your art and seeing it a certain way, but kind of opening their eyes to more. Is what is, I'm hearing it's not just about the art. Right. Yeah, I'm just, you know, uh, I, I always, I'm, I'm an educator at heart. So I, I love to just teach whatever I can. You know, I try to push people to think past their... Their, what their regular everyday, you know, thinking is. So if I could push that button to make you, you know, fast forward or change a little bit of your lane and then look into that and be like, oh, that's something else, you know, um, that's what I like to do. You know, like a lot of my friends, they don't even know what a basin is, right? So I'll point out in the building, like, look, that's a basin building. And then the, once they see the symbol, it's stuck, it burned into their head forever. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. they always see it. Dude, I seen it in the back of a car. Some guy had it on his shirt. A guy had a ring on, you know, and they're pointing it out to me now. And I'm like, oh, it's crazy, right? How I pointed it out before you never seen it. Uh, it's like you opened my eyes. You lifted the veil, you know, and that's kind of where I like to push people to like see things that they don't see before, you know? It's kind of like, um, like you're pulling them out of the matrix, you know? You're trying to show them, like, let me pull you out of there. Because once you do that, then they're going to be more. Um, They'll listen to you more when you tell them something else. You know, they're like, 100%. you know, it's like, 100%. oh, give me some more, you know, and they're looking for more, you know, so. Well, on that note, I know that we have a lot more to talk about. Yes. You know, but um, I can't wait for the next one because I, I, I do. I mean, I just think we can talk forever. For sure. <laughs> you know, but on that, I just want to thank you for coming in, brother, and, you know, sharing a little bit of, uh, of experience and wisdom that you have and about your art. 
but I'm so excited for, for others to get to know you uh, on a deeper level, which I'm sure we'll have many conversations. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me.